Web 2.0. Innovation. Trend. Collaboration. Software. Got the world turning as fast as it can? Hear how technology can help, legally speaking, with two of the top legal technology experts, authors, and lawyers, Dennis Kennedy and Tom Mile. Welcome to the Kennedy Mile Report here on the Legal Talk Network. And welcome to episode 284 of the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Dennis Kennedy in Ann Arbor. And I'm Tom Mile in Dallas. Before we get started, we'd like to thank our sponsors. First of all, we'd like to thank our newest sponsor, Noda, powered by MT Bank. Noda is banking built for lawyers and provides smart, no-cost IOLTA account management. Visit trustnoda.com legal to learn more. That's N-O-T-A, Noda. Terms and conditions may apply. Next, we'd like to thank Colonial Surety Company Bonds and Insurance for bringing you this podcast. Whatever court bond you need, get a quote and purchase online at colonialsurety.com forward slash podcast. And we'd like to thank ServeNow, a nationwide network of trusted, pre-screened process servers. Work with the most professional process servers who have experience with high-volume serves, embrace technology, and understand the litigation process. Visit ServeNow.com to learn more. And Tom, you know, I just keep seeing so many new podcasts announcing their very first uh, episodes these days. So I, I think it's important that every now and then we mention that at 15 years and counting, uh, this is the longest continuously running legal tech podcast out there. Oh, yeah. In our last episode, we talked about the 2021 Virtual ABA Tech Show. In our thinking about where legal technology conferences might be headed in the near future. In this episode, we return to our big personal knowledge management project that we are calling the second brain and the fourth and final pillar of our effort, something we call sharing. Tom, what's all on our agenda for this episode? Dennis, in this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report, we will indeed be returning to our second brain project, specifically the sharing part. In our second segment, we're going to do another round of our new Hot or Not, uh, this time something about desktop computers. And as usual, we'll finish up with our parting shots, that one tip website or observation that you can start to use the second that this podcast is over. But first up, our second brain project and the fourth and final pillar that we're going to be covering, and that is sharing. In the first three parts, we covered capture, how we go about collecting the information that's going to go into our second brain, organize, what do we plan to do to, to use to store that information, organize it that's useful to us, um, and then action, how we can take action and really use what we're storing in our second brain. Sharing should be an important part of this project for us because of our interest in collaboration, but I'm thinking I may have a very different opinion on this subject than Dennis, so we'll see how important it is to me versus Dennis. Uh, we're probably going to handle this topic again like most in two parts. In this episode, we'll focus more on the theoretical and some of the problems that might arise. Um, and so, Dennis, why don't we start off by asking you what you mean by sharing, and then let's see where we might differ. 
Well, I think that I'm going to use sharing in a couple different senses. So we're going to we're going to have to work through this. But um, I came up with what I call a three category approach. And, and I guess that's probably the best place to start. And then then also, I think there's an internal and external dynamic, uh, which is one of the things we've 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 always focused on in our, our collaboration tools book. So let's go to the let's talk about the three category approach first. Um, so first category I have is uh, sharing uh, between roles that we that we have. And so that that would be the first one. So that's kind of uh, we have personal roles, we have work roles, we have organizational roles. Then I think there's sharing between people. Um, and that could be sharing with individuals or sharing with groups. And then and the third category, which is something I've really struggled coming up with a name with, but I currently am calling it function slash topic slash task. And so that means I might share the information I have from where I have it at one place into something else that I'm doing that's more functional. So I might want to pull things into the workspace I have for writing or for speaking or for doing presentations or for, you know, for for video or for research. And so I see those three buckets. And then the sharing actually is the data moving between those. Um, and, and I use those three categories. So, Tom, I'm sure that all of that is shocking to you. But uh, what's, what's your reaction to that initial approach. Well, so what's what's shocking to me, well, shocking may not be the right word, is how amazingly complicated your approach sounds. And that is just so many things to think about when we think about sharing. Um, and and so I, I'm not sure that what you just described is a definition of sharing. It feels like a framework for how you plan to share and some of the and some of the ways in which you might share but here's where I think we're going to wild, where we wildly differ and I've mentioned this in an, in other previous episodes of the second brain I consider my second brain to be my second brain it's for me it's not for other people and so to the extent that you'll be sharing with people outside of you that's probably not where I'm going to go. If I choose to share from my second brain, it's going to be the, in the context of what I plan to share. So it might be a blog post that's made out of something that I kept in my second brain or a tweet or an article or a book that I'm writing. It might be a collection of links that I choose to share, but it won't be giving someone access necessarily. But let's hold that thought because I can think of some things using Notion that I might want to do something like that in. But I'm not going to share individual pieces of my second brain with other people. Now, the sharing between parts of yourself, and maybe that's kind of more of an internal sharing is what you're talking about. I have a different way of thinking about that, and we can talk about that more in just a little bit. But I'm, I'm curious because it feels to me like the reason why you're approaching it the way that you are with so many different contexts in which you might share, it's because you're defining your second brain to include literally everything you have or ever ever had, every document, article, anything possible that's out there. 
And my second brain isn't going to be built that way because it's going to be more like the people who talk about building a second brain are. It's things that are that resonate with you that you are going to keep for a specific reason that you have down the road, not just the you never know when I might need this type thing. Right. And, and so I think one of the fundamental insights for for us and, and people who've listened to this series of, of podcasts is when you you uh, talked about the distinction between filers and pilers, and we realized that you were a filer and that I am a piler. And so my notion is, yes, my second brain is for me. I agree with, with you on that. Well, um, well, but but, but, but let, wait, hold on. But let me give a, dis, a further distinction because to me, filers and pilers is part of how you organize something. I would say that that you're a piler in the in, in the sense that you're collecting everything. I would call myself, in terms of my second brain, more of a curator because I'm only going to capture the things that resonate and I'm not going to. You're going to look at an article and say, oh, that's interesting. I might want to come back to that someday. Save. And I'm going to go, oh, that's interesting. I'm going to read it first and then decide if I want to save it. And, and then I might save it. So I'm being more deliberate in what goes in where you are being broader in scope. Right, because I don't want to do that work on the front end. And I also realize, and, and we've talked about, that I think you're a lot better with notes than I am, and you're a lot better about labeling than, than I am. So, But I, I still say I want it to capture the universe of everything that's usable for, for me and then to actually make it usable. So it needs to move in certain ways. And there's, there's going to be this part, so let's talk a little bit about my notion of internal sharing uh, versus external. So I would say primarily for me, what I'm interested in is being able to share between my own projects and and tools. So to, it's a classic example for me is if I'm teaching a class uh, that I've taught before, I would like to go back and pull the slides uh or certain slides from uh, what I did the year before. And I would like to do that in a really easy and seamless way. So it, within those projects, I want to make that easy to share. I want to be able to say, oh, I'm looking at this topic. I want to pull all the research together. So, um, and if it is in one project versus another, I want to be able to move that between there. So is that uh, you can think of it as I'm sharing within my own brain or sharing between uh, projects in, in an odd sort of way. So it's collaboration. But I would say like the collaboration is of the data and it's for me specifically. Then I think there's the external sharing, which is. Do I want to uh, share certain things with certain people in certain circumstances? And we sort of started this out, right, Tom, the whole Second Brain Project with the raindrop.io uh, experiment where we said, hey, is there a way that we can actually share bookmarks in a useful way? So we find things, maybe they're for the podcast and other things, but I have access uh, to, to what you, you did. And it, you could have shared research, shared, uh, you know, if you work on somebody for pre on presentations or other things, it'd just be easy to share with them. But I don't, uh, and then you've kind of extended this other thing 
of sharing it in the form of blog posts or, or other things like that, which I actually hadn't thought of because I sort of conceive of that as an internal project that then gets published rather than, than a sharing. But I actually think you're right on that, that it is another category of sharing because you like to say, I grab this stuff and then I'm able to pull it into something that becomes a blog post or, or whatever. So that internal versus external um, has a big impact on who I might share with. And then as, as we talked about uh, before the show time, I think that then I start to think very carefully about what I would share and with whom. So here's where I'm intrigued about. Um, when you talk about internal sharing, you use the terms move from, move from one place to another. And and I don't want to get too far into the how because I, I suspect that that will be part of the next the next part of our discussion about sharing. But I do view that I would be internally sharing things with myself. But the way that I think about that in using a tool like Notion is rather than moving things from, it, I would rather be linking things to. So I would set up a page for your class that I was going to do, and I would automatically have a database with all my previous, all of my previous things before that I've done, uh, and, and I would put that database, a copy of that database into this class, and I might filter it to say, filter to only show previous presentations where I've spoken about innovation and or automation. And it would only show it would only surface those things where those particular things came up. So I when when it comes to internal sharing, I'm all about making it as easy as possible, like you describe. And to me, that move to feels like it's an extra step. And so I'm hoping you mean linking. But but tell me what you're thinking. I actually think there are two things, and, and you you kind of uh, helped me understand this a little bit. So there is one part of me that says, oh, what I would like to do is just be able to link to things that are about what I want to work on. So that is definitely one thing. But in in the, the sort of purest form of second brain, if you looked at like all the PowerPoint slides that I've done, say for a class uh, but or on a topic, I would actually like to be able and have this happen automatically to carve all of those those individual slides into one database um, and then make that usable. So it's not I'm linking to presentations because it's actually kind of hard to to me to duplicate PowerPoint presentations like in a really you know easy easy way. But I sometimes I just want to grab one slide. So there is that part where, and this I think gets to a time when you and I uh, were had talked about automatic tagging versus kind of figuring out what your tags are going to be. I kind of like to say like there is a part of me just wants to get re just really chop all this stuff up so I can reuse it in, in different ways. But I want that to happen automatically without me thinking about it. So almost two things going on. Where in a lot of times I would just do exactly what you would say of link to things and find what I want. But another part what I would say is like, let's just dig in and get into this, these component things and let me find some something else that might be useful. So what I'm hearing is you would like a tool that would automatically take a, a presentation you've given in the past and 
automatically understand which slides are important to you and which slides are not and get rid of the garbage without you having to make any thought about them. No, no, not that at all. So what I would want them to do is just carve it up and then either tag it or index it in a way that I could find individual slides. So you want it to understand how you would tag each slide. Right. And I'm okay if it's, you know... It doesn't even have to be 80-20 for me because I'm never going to tag individual slides. I'm just never going to do it. So anything I can get, whether it's, you know, uh, something that's grabbing, you know, keywords or whatever happens automatically. And maybe we get to, a you know, a more refined uh, state of AI, you know, in some period of years. I would like to take advantage. Of, I want to be in a place where I can take advantage. I was going to say, anybody listening to this podcast who can name a tool that <laughs> even comes remotely close to Dennis's magic auto slide tagging tool, um, please get in touch with us and we will bring you onto the podcast because I would love that tool. And if it didn't cost whatever twenty five, thirty thousand dollars, I would be filing a patent on that idea right now. <laughs> so let me get to the external part because I I don't plan to share things from my external my second brain the way that you describe them. So when we talk about things like Raindrop IO, I love that tool, and and, and many times I've thought about putting together a collection of links like, for example, on collaboration tools, and just sharing that via a blog post or say, hey, look, I've curated the, these links. Feel free to go look at them. But they're within Raindrop, and Raindrop is not part of my second brain. Raindrop is an adjunct to that. And so I view that I'm sharing it, but I might have taken that information out of my second brain and saved it in Raindrop to, to get that done, or I may just have saved it there to begin with. So I, I, I don't know that, I, I still am going to think that, that any, any information that comes out of my second brain is more likely going to be put into some other type of content and shared rather than sharing something directly. Now, it might very well be that, Dennis, if you and I decide to write a, a book and there's research in there, I might share that in that context. That's a potential context that I could see sharing that information. And, and there are ways to do that within Notion that we've talked about that we'll talk about more in the next episode, next stage of this. But I don't feel like my sharing externally would be as I, I wouldn't be doing as much of that as you would. Yeah. And, and I would also kind of explicitly say here that I'm thinking in that sort of uh, the brainstorming approach of diverge then con converge, right? So I'm saying, okay, so I'm looking at this and I'm saying, what are the things I would really like? And, and can I make this as broad as possible? And what is it that I would like to build toward in the future? You know, if, if tools come along and what am I likely to be using? You know, so I would say two years ago, right time, probably you wouldn't say something working with video would be part of a second brain that you and I were putting together, say, two, three years ago. Now is, is going to be an important piece of that. So I say, if I do those things and I start to expand out to all the things I think are possible, then it comes down to, okay, so obviously that magical slide sorting thing doesn't exist for me right now. So that's a... a down, down the stage and I come back to the question of, okay, so where where do I want to start and what would help me the most now? So it's a, like I said, I diverge and then I 
converge toward toward something that's that's doable you know so it's kind of the fan you know going from the fantastic to the real well this this reminds me though of something that we talked about in an earlier episode during one of the initial phases which is that you should be designing your second brain for the future you that is going to use this. You should be thinking about, you know, you you won't know yet what you're going to get, but you should be thinking, will this, could this be useful to me then, as it, even though it might not be useful to me now. And I think that we could be extending that analogy to what you just described, is saying that, that when you are designing how you're going to share or whether you're going to share, be thinking about possibilities for what might be, you know, be thinking about, like Dennis, what would be the, if technology were no object, what would be the best, uh, the best thing for these tools to be able to do for you? Um, and maybe begin to structure your second brain in a way that you could make it easier to accomplish that should the technology come around in a couple of years. And it's, it's partly, you know, I, I think you're right there. I mean, it's partially job to be done, but it's also like future job to be done. Right. So if you say, um, if, if you're a few years away from retiring or you know you're going to do a career change or that you might not practice law you know, in a few years, then the second brain you design and the features that would work for you right now probably are not going to work so well for that you that's five years down the road. And to the, set, the extent you can see that and say, can I do something that gets me some of the things that are doable now, but also kind of builds this this platform or the space where I can create what's what's going where I'm going to be in five years. Um, and, you know, frankly, f- what's going to happen in five years is getting harder and harder to predict. But but, you know, that that will that's, I think, a really effective way of doing this. And it's the same thing. So on the sharing piece, you would go like, well, uh, I may not want to open this stuff up. But then if, if three, four or five years down the road, you're in this project or you're like part of something else, then you would say, oh, it would be great to share all these things. You go, well, I actually have this sharing functionality built into into the second brain concept. And maybe I do it in a simple way, you know, like I just open up parts of notion to somebody. But I think you have to say, let me predict where I might be, but uh, where where also would, it, would I possibly go? You know, so I sometimes think, you know, time of GPT-3, right? The AI tool that we've talked about is uh, how much should I consider that as part of second brain over some period of time where it can take some of the things I'm doing in uh, second brain and summarize it for me or do a first draft or, of something. And, and I think the more you're aware of some of that potential, that, that opens up some options as well. So let's wrap this up. Enough of the theory. Let's wrap it up and talk more practically next time. Um, what can people be doing between now and then? I, I, I think basically the, the, the thought is to go through the exercise that you went through. Who do you want to share with? How do you want to share? Um, what what are the all the possibilities of sharing that you can think of right now that might be important to you? And then we can kind of maybe put that more into practice in the next episode. Dennis, do you have any other advice? Yeah, so I would I would flip that as well, and so this this would usually be your point, Tom. But uh, I would also think, what is it that I don't want to share? 
and who don't I want to share with? And what do I learn when I go through that exercise? Because that, that that's the flip of it, and that can be helpful to you. And then I would also think that I would also recommend people go back and listen to our our episode on APIs and and kind of think through that whole notion of APIs and how that allows data to move between applications. And then um, I, I always call it the share function. I know, Tom, you, you have a more accurate term for it, but the, the easy way that like on your 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 smartphone that you can send information to other uh, other applications that I think is another useful thing where you'd say in the second brain I would like to if I'm using notion as the best that sort of send to notion or share to notion is going to be a, a really important concept all right some things to think about stay tuned for our next episode on this where we talk a little bit more about the how All right, before we move on to our next segment, let's take a quick break for a message from our sponsors. Wish you could get a quote and purchase an appeal, trustee, estate, or any other court or fiduciary bond quickly online? Colonial Surety Company has every bond you need and is a direct insurer that's U.S. Treasury listed, licensed in all 50 states and territories, and rated A excellent by AM Best. So you can be confident it's a trusted resource. Get started at colonialsurety.com forward slash podcast. Looking for a process server you can trust? ServeNow.com is a nationwide network of local pre-screened process servers. ServeNow works with the most professional process servers in the industry, connecting your firm with process servers who embrace technology, have experience with high volume serves, and understand the litigation process and rules of properly effectuating service. Find a pre-screened process server today. Visit www.servenow.com. You went to law school to be a lawyer, not an accountant. Take advantage of Noda, a no-cost IOLTA management tool that helps solo and small law firms track client funds down to the penny. Enjoy peace of mind with one-click reconciliation, automated transaction alerts, and real-time bank data. Visit trustnoda.com legal to learn more. Terms and conditions may apply. And now let's get back to the Kennedy Mile Report. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy. And it's time for our new segment we call Hot or Not. We pick something people are talking about and argue whether we think it's hot or not. We might agree, but odds are that we won't. And we want your feedback on this segment. Let's get started, Tom. The return of desktop computers, hot or not? Well, I would say judging by the numbers, I would say hot-ish. I mean, and over the past year, PC shipments have increased like by 11%. um, And I think it's expected to increase this year again. So, uh, you know, one of the funny things was I went back and, uh, and I did a search through our earlier podcast, and I was searching for the term post PC era, which was something that we were really hot on talking about that saying that the tablet was heralding the end of the PC, um, and it's not gone. I, I, I now, I think that you have to consider over the past year what has led to the um, the, the the increase in sales of, of PCs. I think one 
there are a couple of of constituencies who are responsible for this. One, creators. Uh, there's a lot more people who are creating content, creating video. They need more powerful processing. They need better software that you can get from on a laptop or on a tablet. There are a lot more people who would rather watch movies and TV from their computers and that a, and a PC is better on that. Um, you know, I think that everything that I read says that Home learning and working from home have been big drivers of PCs, but I'm—I'd like to see more information on that. I sort of have to believe that these factors would drive more laptops than desktops. And after all, the people who are using them—I mean—would want to either take them to school when they go back to school, or take them into the office, or travel when we all get out of the house. But I, I mean, I could be wrong about that. But there are a couple of drivers that have led to it. I, I have to say, I—I I like my laptop for work, but I am still a PC fan, and I. During the year of, of of lockdown last year, I bought a new a new desktop, and it's a gaming computer. And I bought it as a gaming computer, not just because I like to play games and I wanted something powerful, but gaming computers are more powerful. I I've never had a better computer. It is the RAM is amazing. I never have memory issues like I used to have with other computers. It just works better. And I have to say, I totally loving my my desktop computer. So I'm I won't mind if it continues to be hot. Dennis, what about you? So like you, Tom, I bought a desktop computer and I got a Mac mini and uh, I never thought I would be buying a desktop computer again uh, until the end of last year. But I'm going to say here that I, I think that it's it's kind of a, a fake hot. And I actually think it's a not. I, I think it's not the desktop PC that's hot. I think it's the big monitor that's is what's hot and that i think is uh the the appeal to me so that if you're working from home you want to have this big monitor as soon as you start moving around then the desktop pc you're right the laptop is just a much a much better thing but i don't know if you can go back after spending a lot of time with big monitors to just working off of a a, a laptop computer and that to me, I think is really going to be the interesting issue in computer hardware as we go forward in, in the next couple of couple of years, um, because we don't uh, we might as well shout out our friend Jim Callaway, who had the world's largest laptop screen that he used to carry around for for several years. Uh, but I don't think anybody's going to go to that level again. So um, I think the desktop is probably a bit of a, a blip, uh, but the the big screen experience uh, is is something I think is hot and is going going to stay with us. So now it's time for our parting shots. That one tip, website, or observation you can use the second this podcast ends. Tom, take it away. So I'm going to actually um, I'm going to give a kind of an odd parting shot, um, but stay with me here. So there is a person on YouTube. His name is Mark Rober. R O B E R. I'll put the link to his YouTube channel. In the show notes, he does a lot of really fun videos. He he has has made it his personal mission a few few years ago to um, start creating these glitter bombs to stop people who steal packages off of uh, off the porch. You may have seen this on Twitter, or other places, um, but he does more than that. He does lots of really interesting videos. That I wonder if, is this his real job? Because I want this job if he if that's it. But the most recent video that he did was um, connected to the glitter bomb, but it was all it, it was related to 
finding some phone scammers, some scammers from India who were taking advantage of people who didn't know better and scamming lots and lots of money from them and getting a little bit of payback by sending them a glitter bomb or and or the police. Um, and what is interesting is it goes into some detail about how these phone scams actually work and how they're successful with primarily with older people. And, and, and he says at the very end that the best way to fight against this is to raise awareness. So that's what I'm doing. I'm raising awareness by giving you a link to his channel. Go look at the video. Go tell all the older people that you love not to do what what happened in this video. Um, it's very entertaining, but it contains some really sobering thoughts about how people get scammed. Um, and I found it all very interesting. Wow. People actually answer phone calls. So my, uh, my parting shop, is the the Grammarly uh, plug-in, I guess, in, in Chrome. So as I've gotten older, one of my superpowers is really start to fade is my uh, proofreading skills, as friends of mine like to remind me. So uh, my friend Allison Shields Joe's suggested I get the Grammarly app. Um, and since we write often write together, I took that as a pretty serious recommendation that uh, she was tired of my proofreading problem. So Grammarly is something you you uh, so plug into Chrome and then wherever you are, I mean, because you can do the grammar and spelling checker when you're in Word, but it's, the problems you're making is all these other places that you're typing in things, you know, LinkedIn, Twitter, all, all these sorts of places, um, anything on the web. And Grammarly works for you there and it identifies identifies uh, both spelling and uh, and grammar problems. There's a free version, and then there's a premium version, which uh, is uh, more than $100 a year. So uh, it's easy to go with the free one. Um, it does the the job for what I want to do, you know, which are the, the worst sort of uh, typos that I might overlook. Um, I don't need the, the super duper features. Uh, but you you might consider that. I will say with the free version, it tends almost everything it checks. It gives you this little red thing that suggests you have an, uh, one more error to check. And when you click on it, it uh, your error is that you haven't bought the uh, the premium version. So uh, which is you know as as nagging wear goes, it's not not a bad thing, and you can adjust to it. But uh, if you're finding you're making typos when you're typing into uh, to your various websites where you you put things up. It's actually a, a really useful uh, free tool. And if you want to go further, then then you can yeah, then you can pay for a premium version to do even more. And so that wraps it up for this edition of the Kennedy Mile Report. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. You can find show notes for this episode on the Legal Talk Network's page for the show. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast in iTunes or on the Legal Talk Network site where you can find archives of all of our previous shows along with transcripts. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can always reach out to us on LinkedIn. Or remember, we love getting questions for the B segment. Please stop us from doing hot or not again. I'm not I'm not I'm kidding. I really like this segment, but but we really like voicemails too. Leave us a voicemail. That number is 720-441-6820. So until the next podcast. I'm Tom Mile. And I'm Dennis Kennedy, and you've been listening to the Kennedy Mile Report, a podcast on legal technology with an internet focus. If you like what you heard today, please write us in Apple Podcasts, and we'll see you next time for another episode of the Kennedy Mile Report on the Legal Talk Network. Thanks for listening to the Kennedy Mile Report. Check out Dennis and Tom's book. 
the lawyer's guide to collaboration tools and technologies, smart ways to work together from ABA Books or Amazon. And join us every other week for another edition of the Kennedy Mile Report only on the Legal Talk Network.